1: What you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be.
0: I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. I'll keep on playing. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week, I have with me in the guest chair, Miss Jera Latrice. Jera is a ghostwriter editor, and self-published author of I Was Bitter, Now I'm Better. She is an advocate of healing, practicing self-love, and embracing singleness. In her relationship memoir, she is very candid in sharing her experiences with verbal abuse, having low self-esteem, distrust in men, and much more. Jarrah Latrice is also the owner of Gifted with a Pen and helps authors develop their story through expert ghostwriting and edited services. Let's welcome Jarrah to the podcast. Jarrah, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: I I am so Glad. I was talking to you guys, I was talking to Jarrah before I we started recording, and we just had such a transformational weekend with Maya, and we both attended virtually, so if you were on my stories um, last weekend, you would have saw all of the hype... <laughs> I guess, from my end about being at that conference. But that is where I got connected with Jara. And listen, you are going to want to hear her story. So, Jara, let's help into it. Tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio.
1: A fun fact about me not in my bio. So I love home decor. It's just something that comes natural to me. And I've thought about doing interior design, But you know how you don't want to be the the Jane of all trades. So it's just something I do um, in my spare time. I love Pinterest and, you know, decorating and all of that. So, yeah, that's my thing.
0: I love that. And I think that's, you're the second person in like the last week or so that we've had that says interior design and decorating is just a gift. And it's a gift that I want because my fiance and I are renovating our new home that we're moving into once we get married. And I'm on all the Pinterest boards and I'm watching HGTV and I have HG Magazine and I'm just like, how do people put this together? It's not my zhuzh, it's a gift I wish I had. So God bless you. And I can, guys, I can see the background behind her. You can, but already when you came on, I was like, that's really
1: pretty back there. I like that. Thank you. (laughs) Another Pinterest idea. I, I love that site. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs>
0: I am learning. I'm learning how to get into Pinterest. But another thing that I do know that you are excellent in is writing. Jara, you are an author and I'm going to call you an expert writer.
1: How did you get into writing? Okay. So it was a seed that was planted in me when I was 12 years old in the sixth grade. Um, I used to always love writing writing, reading, all of that. And I was in um, grade school, middle school. But my sixth grade teacher, she put on one of my assignments. She said she wrote down, um, if you keep this writing up one day, I'll be reading one of your books. And that just always stuck with me. Of course, it took me several years to finally write my first book. I'm working on my second book, by the way. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to become an author until years later, I was uh, journaling and I let my cousin read some of my stuff. And she said, oh my gosh, you need to turn this into a book to help other women you know, going through this. You know, I thought about her words and then my sixth grade teacher, I thought about what she told me years prior. So I just gave it a shot, uh, took a course, learned how to self-publish my book and the rest is history. <laughs>
0: It's amazing how when we have a gift, when God gives us a gift, how easily other people can spot it in us. And I think that was amazing that your sixth grade teacher said to you one day, you know, she'll be reading your book. And like you said, you have published a book. Now, you guys, the title of this book will snatch your edges already, and you haven't even opened the first page, but the title is I was bitter and now I'm better. How did you come up with that title? And you have to tell us your experience about being bitter and becoming better.
1: So the title came to me randomly. I was in Atlanta, um, sitting in traffic, standstill traffic once again, (laughs) you know, the traffic out here is terrible, but, um, it just came to me while I was just sitting in my car, peace and quiet. Sometimes I like to ride with no music, just so I can like think it just came to me. I had already uh, written the book and I asked God to just help me find the perfect title. Cause I was stressing over the title and that's how it just came to me. Um, out of the blue, I knew it was God and, um, it just clicked. I'm like, that's Perfect. It is a perfect fit because I used to be the type of woman that literally uh, there was once upon a time where I hated all of me because of the treatment that I experienced with some of them. <laughs> a good friend of mine would always call me bitter because I would, you know, look sideways when I knew of people that are in relationships, getting engaged, married, and things like that. And I wasn't in that situation. So I was very bitter, but, you know, at the time when I was writing my book and even after it was published, I was going through therapy because I knew that those behaviors weren't normal. And when I got into a relationship, my next relationship, I did not want to carry that same baggage that I was carrying with prior relationships and uh, dating situations. So I knew that I had some internal work to do and I just didn't want to carry those, um, negative behaviors and the rest of my the rest of my life.
0: Wow. I want to break that down because when you were explaining your story, I I heard a lot of similarities in what us as women just the general stages we go through when we are healing. But you started with saying you were at a point where you hated old men. What caused you to to be at that place?
1: Mainly because of the treatment I was receiving, you know, uh, playboys, liars, just people with the wrong intention. But when I finally, you know, looked within, you know, this through therapy that helped me t- to do this, I realized that I was the one that's putting up with it. I didn't have enough self-confidence in myself to just walk away and wait for the right person to approach me or just work on myself. Yeah, that's how I knew that I need to just develop a whole mindset that not all men are dogs. It's just the ones that I've experienced were were not the right. And to just make that conscious effort to make better choices in the future.
0: I like that. Some introspective work as well. I know um, when we are dealing with heartbreak, sometimes it's very difficult to let go of all of the side effects of heartbreak. It's the experience, but there are side effects that that are left. There's residue. As as you can say, there's residue that, that heartbreak leaves. Why do you think as women, we struggle to let go of the heartbreak we face? And I say this because I know, and I know from friends and you know people in, in, in my Purpose Chasers community, we experience heartbreak. And as women, it takes us such a long time to bounce back. Why do you think that is? Yeah,
1: I think it's part guilt and part of us hoping or wanting that person to change specifically for us, when in reality, a man has to change or has to want to change for himself. You know, uh, for me, I experienced just being with the wrong person and hoping that he changes because I'm a good woman and I would, you know, want for him to, I guess, match my integrity or faithfulness and things like that. But I'm like, no, it doesn't matter how good of a woman I am, a man has to want to change for himself. And when I think that when we feel he doesn't change or doesn't want to change for us, we take it personally. And um, it just takes us a while to move on to bounce back from those feelings
0: yes I would say definitely we tend to take it personally and I think a lot of the times as women we always we like a project yes it takes a while for us to get out of a mentality of a project Mm -hmm. and I remember having this 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 talk with um, my girlfriends one day and we were talking about breakups and I was telling them my story. I realized I hadn't told them, And I remember that I was in a, uh, I used to be in a long-term relationship, four and a half years, and we had a terrible breakup. He happened to get another girl pregnant while we, all, we were together. So it was all downhill um, from that point. And I remember later down the line, we had broken up and I was in the healing process and I was kind of coming near the end of my healing. And I heard of something that he had done and my immediate reaction, the first thing in my mind was he did that, but I didn't raise him like that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. And I found that incredible because one, I am not his mother, but two, I didn't know what I was doing when I was doing it because it was a project. And as women, we see things, we always want to make those things better. We see potential and we want to nurture the potential, but we can't just go for potential because I can see the potential in you, but if you don't see the potential in yourself and you're not willing to work for it, you're not willing to strive to be better, then we're going to be left in the same position or even a worse position. So I I think that's true. And how, how would you encourage women when they're trying to come out of their heartbreak? What words of encouragement do you have for them if they're struggling to let it go?
1: Yeah, um, just realize everything happens for a reason. You know, like I tell people, it's a blessing behind the heartbreak or it's a, um, yeah, it's a blessing behind the heartbreak and it's a reason, like you may not see it right now, but later on you'll see why God removed that person from your life. And you, you'll see. Like myself, I dodged a couple of bullets, so <laughs> I'm really thankful that it happened the way it did. Even though at the time I was going through my heartbreak, I didn't see it that way. So just you know, keep working on yourself. Um, if you're if there's something you need to do as far as going back to school or getting in the gym, just you know, keep yourself busy and try not to think about the heartbreak. The busier you are, it makes it a little better. Um, you know read books things of that nature and the more you work on yourself and heal you'll you, you know you'll soon see that you you may have to ask yourself listen
0: god is strategic and when we're in it we can't see it but when we get over it when we get over the um the valley we get to the mountain top we get those one, I dodged a bullet and there's, what was I even thinking <laughs> at that time? Because as we are healing from heartbreak, if we invest enough time into ourselves, into growing personally, spiritually, um, financially... I. Physically, not you know, not stretching your waist, but you know, physically stronger and growing in that aspect, then we become better, and we start to see ourselves as who God has called us to be, as the beautiful, the wonderful, the fearfully created, fearfully created women that we are. Now, I want to hone in on something. At what point? Because you you highlight that you were bitter. But at what point did you realize that wait a minute something is not right here am I am I bitter
1: when did you realize that so i think we all need friends in our life that you know keep it real um very unfiltered but you know has good intentions so a good friend of mine we were out having dinner and I was just, you know, like a, like I was saying earlier, just side-eyeing people, you know, um, couples in the restaurant. I'm like, oh, why why is he with her? Why is she with them? Things like that. And then, you know, it caught, she called me out. She's like, you know, I think you're better. You haven't gotten over, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but I mean, he's in the book. She said, you know, I, I don't think you got over your your ex. So, you, you know, you need to work on that because, You're from, you know, looking on the outside, looking in at other people, and you're upset that they have somebody, but you don't. And I'm like, okay. It was a hard pill to swallow, but I'm like, okay, I might just be bitter because that, you know, that conversation was not healthy. And the fact that I brought up things that had nothing to do with me and just the way I was acting towards men in general, I knew that she was right and I was bitter.
0: It's so important to have those truth friends, yeah. Because we could, it, it, we could have a bunch of friends who are just basically yes women who co-sign whatever we're saying. So we're over here being better about something, and they snapping and rolling their head and just agreeing with us. But when you have that friend that tells you you are wrong, even when you don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. it's something beautiful about that, even when it's a hard pill to swallow. So I want to make sure that all of you who are listening, that you evaluate your circle of friends, you should have at least one, if not all, but at least one person that's going to tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not, because that is the only way you will grow. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And sometimes, let me tell you, when you watch If you watch two knives being sharpened, it doesn't look like a comfortable position in between them at all. Like it does not look comfortable. It doesn't even sound good. It's such a horrible sound. However, what comes out is sharper, it's stronger, and that's what you want to be on the other end of that, the sharper. But you got to go through the the sharpening, the pruning, the getting your life together (laughs) section of it all.
1: So true. I totally agree.
0: So, okay, so we established when you realized that you were bitter. But how, at what point did you recognize I'm now better? I've healed from this.
1: Wow, that's a great question. Okay, so one of my exes, he um he does that AC repair or whatever you call it. I'm not the best in, you know, describing this kind of stuff. Like, you know, when people AC went out, he would go in and fix it, whatever, whatever you call that. (laughs) So my mom was one of his customers. And one day I was over there and, you know, she forgot that her appointment was the same day that I was over there. She thought it was the next day or she would have warned me in advance, you know, don't come over here today because he's going to be repairing the AC. So long story short, um, this was after I had finished my healing and, you know, finished therapy and all of that. And I spent a lot of time, you know, being single, working on myself, finishing school and things of that nature. So um, when he got there, I didn't feel anything like, you know, our breakup was really bad and, you know, heartbreaking. But, you know, because I had worked on myself. So when I saw him, I just I didn't feel anything. I said hello, but I didn't have any negative feelings toward him. I wasn't happy about seeing him either. I will point that out. <laughs> but I was just very neutral, you know, cool, calm, and collected. And after he left, my mom, she told me, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you because I know what he did to you. And I'm sorry that he was here or you were here, but I honestly forgot. But anyway, um, yeah, it was just that revelation of me not having a reaction at all. And the fact that my mom told me she's proud of me for just my composure. That's when I knew I was healed and better.
0: (laughs) Yes, your composure. I think how we identify that we've been healed from a situation is super important too, because after heartbreak, especially when you see somebody, it can go one of two ways. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It can go really, really bad, end up in a bucket of tears. Or you end up really angry. Or like you said, you were just fine. And you knew at that moment you have been healed. I think for me, it was when I could pray for him and the mother of his child that I knew I was healed. Him, the mother of his child, and his child. Yeah, that's when I knew I was healed. I was like, okay, Jesus, you did something here. <laughs> you did something completely because this, this... Two months ago was not even possible, let alone, you know, what we're doing today. So it's so important to identify that you have been healed so that you can thank God for helping you through this journey. And you can look at that point and evaluate how far God has brought you because you never know what he is protecting you from. And the Bible does say all things work together for are good. So God has some good to get out of all of that, that we've been going through. I mean, your heartbreak might lead you to a book like it did Jarrah, Jarrah, or it may lead you to your next degree or moving to a different location. God always has something better for you that he, um, that was up his sleeve.
1: Absolutely. Yep. He's always working wonders behind our backs. And that's why I just, you know, in my prayer time, I always just thank God for what he's doing behind the scenes in my life that I'm not aware of, because I just know everything is working out for my good. Yes, yes.
0: Behind the scenes that we don't even know of. Now, you had touched earlier on the fact that you went to therapy during this process. And we love talking about on this, on this podcast, Jesus Plus Therapy, because- God gave us therapists for a reason. But I want to know what part did self-reflection play in the road towards your healing?
1: I think it was around the third or fourth visit when um, after she had gotten to know about my past and things of that nature. um, When she just kind of asked me, why do you put up with the things you put up with? And I got quiet for a minute because I didn't I didn't know how to answer that question. So it just caused me to like you know, look within. And that's when I understood and realized that I really had some self-confidence issues. Um, you know, and the, the abandonment I experienced from my father not not being in my life, and I just wanted a male figure around me, no matter how good or bad he was to me. And That's at that point. That's when I knew that I needed to do some self-reflection and work on, you know, just the whole confidence thing of me putting up with things that I shouldn't be putting up with certain behaviors and not ignoring ignoring the red flags. Oh, my goodness. I would do that faithfully, just hoping that one day, you know, like I said, he'll change. But, yeah, that's that's when I noticed that. It's so important
0: for us to Do some introspection, especially while we're going through our singleness season. And listeners, you know that so far for the month of February, we have really been harping on singleness. We had the conversation um, at the beginning of February with Langray, where you're talking about the single heart and what God does for a single heart. Then we had the episode last week where we talk about there's purpose in your singleness and God wants to do a new thing in you whilst you're single. And this week, we are really tarpering on how to get over your heartbreak and shift from being in a state of brokenness to being in a state of wholeness, which is where God wants you to be. But like Jarrah said, introspection, self-reflection is so very important because although we experience heartbreak, although we go through and we can highlight all the negatives in our relationships, sometimes we forget to look at ourselves because we play an important part, whether it's because of lack of confidence, it's because of, you know, we're just trying to, replace something that we feel is lost in our lives, or if we feel like for society standards at this point, I should have a man by now. (laughs) Whatever it is, we have to identify the root cause so we can deal with that issue and know that it doesn't have to come up again later on down the line. So when God does send our mate, if that's what your heart desires, that we would be in a good place and we would be able to easily identify (laughs) what's a project and what's a promise. Exactly. So we need to know the difference because listen, God's promise does not come in the form of a project. I'm talking about when, it, when when we're talking about a spouse, not your purpose and things like that. He will give you stuff to do, but specifically when it's talking about a spouse, his promise never comes in the form of a project. And we have to remember that. Now, what tips do you have for women who are struggling to release their bitterness? Okay.
1: All right. So, yes, I'd advise you to just um, understand that it happened for a reason. You know, God removed that person from your life so that he can prepare you or help prepare the right person for you. As long as you're working on yourself actively and, you know, not thinking about that person. I'll also advise you to block that person on social media, on your phone, things of that nature. So you're not tied to him in any kind of way. Um, If you have mutual friends, if you know when you're around that person, ask them politely not to talk about what what your ex is doing. Um, the more you just keep yourself away from from the situation or you know not talk about it, it'll make things better for you. And um, yeah, just work on yourself, and in due time, you'll find out that that it worked out for you good.
0: Yes. In due time, you will find out oh, it'll work out for you good. There's something you said in your advice that if my best friend is, well, I should say not if, when my best friend listens to this, because she always listens to every episode, you said block <laughs> that person. My best friend is the queen of telling me to block and delete. And at first I'm just like, why it's so rude. And now I have adopted the "po block and delete philosophy, but ladies, let me tell you, there is something about when you're healing, getting that person completely out of your realm, out of your eyesight, because you could be having a good, a good day during your, your healing process, and the way the devil is set up, he just happens to post something on his story that upsets you. Or you happen to see something that he's tagged into that upsets you. But what will not upset you if you can't see anything because that person is blocked? That allows you to keep your peace yes. in your journey. So have to find boundaries. Like Jared said, have to find boundaries. Like, Tell those mutual friends, I don't really want to talk about that. We can talk about something else. Block them off of social media and don't play cute. Let me tell you, when I say block, I mean block off the phone call, the email, the Instagram, the TikTok, the Twitter, the Facebook, everything.
1: You know, if they purchase a gift or two for you, um, get rid of those things as well. Give them a Salvation Army, Goodwill, whatever, just try to eradicate yourself from all memories of that person. And that makes it easier as well.
0: I completely agree. I am a, I am a get rid of everything. And I remember the evening where I decided I was getting rid of everything. I had put everything in a trash bag and I went to a church service. And I was so broken in the church service and this lady flew in um, for an event my church was having. I never met her before. And she gave me this long prophetic word about my Boaz coming, not knowing what was wrong. I was just there crying. And then she said to me, you go home and you pack everything up. Don't leave a single thing. She didn't even know that I left home with the trash bag, like half full, like everything has got to go. So there is something in it, cleansing yourself of all reminders. So I, I that is absolute great advice. Now, we talked about, you know, how to release yourself from your bitterness, but I want to know what advice you have on how to embrace your singleness now that you've released yourself from your bitterness and you've on this healing journey or you've come to the end of the healing journey and you're feeling healed. How do you embrace now that you're single?
1: Yeah, you know, it's so much peacefulness that comes with being single. Not saying that people that's in a relationship they don't experience peace, but for me, for myself, um, you know, when I get up in the morning, I don't have to worry about someone else's uh, schedule or things of that nature. It's just it gives me the focus I need to work on the things I need to work on in this season of my life right now. And uh, I'm just so thankful that I have the clarity that I do and just the energy I have from being single. Awesome. You know, it's good to embrace your singleness because you want to fully know yourself and love yourself before you get into a relationship. So you're not looking for somebody to pour those feelings into you.
0: Wow. You want to make sure you're not looking for somebody else to pour those feelings into you. You have to do the grunt work first Mm -hmm. and enjoy doing it because singleness can be such a good time. It's for a season and God created it for a season. Remember, uh purpose chasers, we talked about this last week. when God made Adam, he had purpose. He didn't say Adam, here's Eve, now you have purpose. He made Adam with purpose by his lonesome. So God has created you with a purpose. and during your singleness, this is the perfect time to explore your purpose. Travel the world. Okay. Post COVID. (laughs) I forgot about that for just a tiny second. Um, But travel, take a class, take three, invest in yourself, start a business, write a book. There's so much you can do when the only responsibility you have is focusing on your growth mentally, spiritually, physically, like we said in the beginning of the episode. Jarrah, This has been such a great conversation. There is one more thing I want to ask you before we go. I want to know your top tips. (laughs) If you could sum it up,
1: what are your three tips to go from bitter to better? All right. Good question. So I would highly recommend surrounding yourself with positive people people that won't remind you of the fact that you're single and, you know, whatever you've gone through with your ex. So be aware of the company you keep. Um, enroll in therapy because it does help. Pray and seek therapy, as Shantae said earlier. And um, just thank God for what he's done for you behind the scenes and in front, you know, um, for what he's done for you behind the scenes and currently the things that you can't see. He'll work everything out for you as long as you just keep the faith and keep working on yourself.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Jared, for all your great advice. You have to let us know where we can connect with you on social media and bye. I was bitter, but now I'm better.
1: Awesome. Okay. So you can purchase my book directly from my website. It's www.jeralatrice.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, Jera Latrice, the writer, all one word, um, of course. (laughs) And then on LinkedIn, I'm also active on LinkedIn. Um, It has my full government name. So it's Jera Latrice Mitchell with two L's at the end.
0: Okay, Purpose Chasers. And you know, I will put all of her details down in the show notes so you won't miss a single beat. Be sure to connect with Jarrah on all her social media platforms. And of course, buy her book. I was bitter and now I'm better. Also, I want to say any it's aspiring writers, you want to, you know, release your book, you feel something's inside of you, Jarrah can also help you with that as well. So be sure to click the link and visit her website because Jera is a great connection for you to have. Jera, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. We've really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Thank you. Same here. Thanks so much for
0: having me. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.